is the Fedora Chronicles radio show's news of the week for December 7th, 2019. Politicians are gonna politic. Kamala Harris's campaign ended faster than your holiday turkey, but with no leftovers. Jeffrey Epstein's plastic surgeon's death caused by the wrong fuel in his airplane? I'm not sure if that's a question or an indignant statement. Incredible prehistoric organisms with an appetite for meteors. If your aquarium is big enough, can your pet octopus overthrow your dog as Van's best friend? Famous flying saucer photographs up for sale at an exclusive auction house. And more controversy surrounding how the largest corporations treat their laborers. And Jason Cousineau and I, Eric Render King Fisk, round out the show about the beginning of the winter holiday season. From the new perspective on Thanksgiving and Christmas, from the perspective of freshly minted grumpy old men. And did I forget to mention more laughs? Commentary on pop culture and current events through the perspective of film snobs and diesel punks. Topics ranging from true crime to the paranormal and unexplained. It's the Fedora Chronicles radio show, news of the week for December 7th, 2019. Thanks for listening. So wow, what a week! What a what a, what a crazy two weeks the past two weeks. Oh really? Freaking insane! Well, on, dude. This is the pre-show banter that everybody loves more than the actual show. It seems sometimes. Uh, no, I mean the thing is, is that we didn't do a show last week because of my work schedule, and mm-hmm. um, it was Thanksgiving. And the thing is, is that I mean, so many people were traveling, and it was just like, wow, it would have been nice to like give our fans like an like a like a bonus episode to listen to while they're traveling. That would have been nice of us, and and God help us. I mean, we actually tried, but because of all the things like with car repairs and and, and work schedule and stuff like that, and, and um getting you know getting some new equipment and trying to calibrate it and 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 fix it for the it it just it just didn't happen for you know it was just like and it's just it's like the old john lennon quote life happens when you're making plans to do something else i know that i'm misquoting that i know i'm butchering it awful and people are probably crying and gnashing their teeth and ripping their clothes no john lennon didn't say that (laughs) don't misquote john lennon and it's like i'm sorry i'm sorry but um uh uh uh, let me think two weeks ago i was in the shower and that's somehow that's when some of the best ideas come to and it's like i said you know what um how come we don't have a true crime podcast and this isn't a commercial for our true crime podcast because i mean I'm never going to have the best true com- true crime podcast. It's just not going to happen. There are so many other people who have a head start in, in front of us. Uh, yeah. One thing. They got the experience they've got. Well, and plus they've got the resources now. Right. And I, a fine example is one of my favorite true crime podcasts, Trace Evidence. Uh, the guy behind that, he just does such a phenomenal job, and he does all this great, great research. And it's like, why don't I just interview people who do true crime podcasts and figure out who are these people? Who are they? How, how do they get hooked into true crime? What are their favorite cases? What are the worst cases that they ever covered? What's the defi- What do we mean by the definition of worst? Like, what's the worst podcast, bad performance, 
technical difficulties and what's the what's the worst as in like what's the most heinous case that they ever covered and stuff like that and we already have 300 interviews under our belt as soon as i said the fedora chronicles is going to do a true crime podcast um people that will look like all over it and somebody had actually said hey it's about time so huh. um yeah and um so what we, so if you're if you're already subscribed to the Fedora Chronicles network, you can just it, it they'll just be automatically uploaded with everything else we do. Um, uh, but we're also going to have a separate feed. It's called True Crime One on One. And like when I announced that I was going to do this, we got like twenty followers on Twitter <laughs> in in like a week. And it was like so apparently a, what you're telling me is I'm reading between the lines here is that. True crime is where it's at in the um, in the podcast world. Well, it could, well no, no, your your niche, your mm-hmm. niche is where it's at, and there's um, like people people love our news of the week. People love it, and then people are also like they like true crime, and that yeah. they're and 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 what I didn't know is that. And it was like, what's 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 the porn rule? Um, um, rule thirty-seven. Thirty-four. Rule thirty-four. Well, probably rule thirty-seven is that there's probably a pod for for that podcast for that as well. <laughs> there's probably like a, like name something obnoxious that you never think that it's like it's a visual medium, like you know, like knitting. There's probably a knitting pod out there somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and and raising kids, there's a pod for that as well, probably. Um, yeah, you know, um, Shetland ponies and beagle uh, beagle dogs. There's probably pod for that. So and and every and every niche has, um, a, 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 like the podcast that's a huge following. So anyway, so what's Jay up to this week? Jay, let's see. It's been a been a busy week um just work stuff had a lot of stuff going on with work um yeah no it's been just a typical day in the life you know yeah. it hasn't been you know nothing noteworthy really has gone on so. yeah yeah well yeah um by the way i got a new setup i'm going to be posting pictures of the new setup after i um um get the uh um get get the all the cardboard boxes out hold on a second here so i i i i think that somebody dropped a deuce in here i gotta <laughs> damn dogs <laughs> at least yeah. i hope it's the dog uh, yeah, I we're do. gonna blame the dog anyway we're just gonna say it's the dog <laughs> i hope so and... too because the thing is, is i kept saying i need to get a better microphone and now that i got a better microphone uh the microphone picks up everything i think it's so sensitive it picks up smell <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's well, it? I'm glad my speakers are not high quality enough where they deliver smell. That would, that would, I mean, I'd have to like stay away from dairy products for 24 hours and stuff before we record. That's... I wonder if there's a fart podcast, a podcast devoted to farts. But that's not the reason why people, or maybe it is the reason why people listen to okay. this podcast. Have you ever heard of a television show? It's a Canadian television show called Letter Kenny. It, didn't you mention something about that in the last episode? Yes, yes, okay. I did. They okay. actually have an episode. The name of the episode is called Fart Book. <laughs> so I'm just going to leave it there. 
Ah. So anyway, we have so much news to talk about, and the thing, and um, Jay and I did very, very little show prep, but you could actually go to our, if you want to know what we're going to talk about, go to our Google groups, or not a Google groups, because Google groups don't exist anymore, <laughs> <laughs> and neither do Yahoo groups either. Um, you can Does check- Yahoo even exist anymore? Yahoo is just strictly news now, and a couple of other services that were like vital like 10, 20 years ago. You, huh. Like, there's still Yahoo Mail, but I don't know anybody who uses it. Hmm. And Jay's kind of like, oh, I'm doing okay. Well, no, it's just, it's, it's interesting to me that, you know, things change, can change so drastically. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, as someone, I, I work, the internet's my job, right. right? So I know that, like, the technology's constantly changing in it's amazing how much the technology changes and it's transparent to the average user right. of the internet. You know, most people are not aware that, you know, HTML five came out however many years ago and all of that. Yeah. But, um, you know, things like that happen all the time on the back end, and people just don't notice, but yeah. then like the businesses, you know, Yahoo used to be an ISP for fuck's sake. Yep. And now they're a evidently, they're an alleged news site now. And I say and alleged not because yeah. they don't do it. I say that because I never associated them with news. And it kind yeah. of makes you wonder what would make them take that leap. Yeah. Well, because the thing is, is that the Yahoo brand has been just so tarnished and been beaten up by Google and 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 uh, 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 Chrome. Like the, there was a once a time when it's like you used to Yahoo something. Yeah. Like if, if we did a podcast 10 years ago, or 15 years ago, and we wanted to look something up. You didn't Google it; you Yahooed it. Yeah, you know? that's right. And it was just like, uh, and now, yeah, and it's funny to kind of go through some of my old web pages that I made 15 years ago, and first of all, look at at how HTML and web layout has changed so much. People don't use tables anymore; they use, you know, dy um, dynamic divisions and stuff like that. And um, yep. or divs, and it was, and 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 your web page can move and 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 change, um, and and fit whatever t tool you're using. That was like impossible, ten or fifteen years yeah. ago, and now it's commonplace. Now, and it's just, and, and I was just thinking, and this wasn't the show topic, by the way. Um, it's like this is the end of the the two thousand tens or the twenty tens. It's like yeah. the, 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 this decade is unofficially over within like maybe less than three weeks, um, which reminds me, Google, how much longer do we have until the end of the decade and just see what it says? Um, you can do that. I don't want to. But it was just like it's it, and it's like what a crazy decade that it's been. And who knew that, um, you know, 10 years ago. When 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 it was when it was just merely 2010, that this would be where we are at at, at the cusp of 2020. Um, and I still ha I still I still can't call it I like I can't call this you know this decade 2000. It, I still say 2000 something. Well, um, I can't yeah. say I can't say it's 2019. I can't say last year was 2018. I can't say that. Any, I, I just haven't been able to. I can't. I, I don't know why. 
Well, yeah, and I mean, we're about to enter the 2020s. Yeah. So it's going to be the 20s again, and we're bringing back jazz and speakeasies, and we're and and we're bringing back um, uh, flapper girls uh, and jazz nightclubs. So yeah, that would be nice, man. I don't think that yeah. would be nice. Yeah, but who know who knows? And we're not even going to speculate what's going to happen because the thing is, is that I, I don't want to play this back 10 years from now. On the dawn of the 2030s, and like, and like, and people saying, "Oh, guys, you guys were so foolish. You should have known what was going to happen." Every, you know, so. Well, I mean, hindsight's kind of like that. It's just kind of nature of the beast, though. Yeah, you know, it's easy to look back and say, "Why didn't they see this coming?" Right. But then you look to the future, and you're like, "Oh." Like the thing <laughs> is, could anybody have predicted streaming t- services would be so ubiquitous? Well, no, I don't think so. I mean, and. The, just cell phones, smartphones, especially. I don't think anyone could have predicted that yeah, because yeah. it's just, I mean, you have a device in your hand that is the sum, you know, has access to the entire internet, which is allegedly the sum knowledge of the entire history of the human race. Right. You know, including a bunch of fun conspiracy theories. Which so, is why we're here. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't know if we. I don't know if there's. Is is there anything new to cover with Jeffrey Epstein? I actually want to. I want to. I want to. Um, actually, I did see something the other day. The non-U.S. news sites seem to be the ones that are um, more on top of it. Yep. Than the U.S. sites. Yep. Where did I see that? Where did I see that? Uh. One of the things, while well, you're looking up that, somebody had posted something that's it, and it is a mere conspiracy theory. We don't know the ins and outs of this, but somebody had posted a uh, a theory that this plastic surgeon out of Miami, who was allegedly Jeffrey Epstein's plastic surgeon, and I didn't know that Jeffrey ha- Epstein had any work done. I really didn't. Apparently he had died in a plane crash not too long ago because they put the wrong fuel in um, in the tank. And somebody had posted a, a, a rebuttal to that. There's no way that you can put in the wrong fuel. And, and as soon as you would taxi towards the runway and you powered up before you took off to make sure the engines were, prop, were, were working properly, the engines like would have died before then. And if they hadn't died before then, when they did the, the full throttle power up before the takeoff, they would have noticed right away that there was the wrong fuel. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get col- um, information that, that will collaborate that conspiracy theory. But do, do you want to freaking, um, why did I say friggin'? Um, do, you, do we want to talk about Prince Andrew at all for a minute? Um, yeah, I think, I would like to. I okay. Like to. Um, I don't have any recent news regarding him, though. Um, but at the same time, he's largely been getting a pass. Yeah. Um, in regards to the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing. Um, and when I say that, I don't mean his name hasn't been brought up. I mean, especially the U.S. media has been focusing on other things with Epstein. Um, 
no, most noticeably um, anything other than Epstein. So uh, I think it bears mentioning anyway. Well, the thing is, is that one of the things that I wanted to mention is that um, Prince Andrew, the Duke of York, not the other Prince Andrew, but the Prince Andrew, the Duke of York, um, I did not, I did not know that Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip had three kids. I didn't know that. Um, the thing is, is that Prince Andrew uh, was essentially, quote, fired from his uh, princely duties at Buckingham Palace. And his office within um, Buckingham Palace had been removed. Like, I don't know if he still lives there, but he well, no longer... You wonder why, doesn't it? Well... Apparently, he had a, a, a horrible interview in front of BBC, and I only watched a couple of minutes ago. And the the little bit that I saw, all I could think is, is that you you idiot, who allowed you to get in front of a camera and say yeah. this kind of stuff? And he came off as obtuse, like he didn't realize that how he was coming off was a little or a lot creepy. Yeah. I- you know, there, there's a part of me that says, what can you expect from someone who's literally royalty? Yeah. You know, um, there is definitely a part of me that thinks that. But um, at the same time, though, you'd think someone who had access to the level of education would know better. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he there's... He had to have been schooled in public speaking at some point. Yeah. I imagine oh, just as a matter of course, all members of the royal family get someone sits down with them and says, okay, when talking in public, here's the rules kind of a thing. You know, you don't mention things like this. You don't talk about things like that. You, it's better to have a pause in the conversation than for you to go, um, you know, which is something I'm guilty of. So it's better, you know, they, I think they've been educated on that sort of thing. So for him to actually still do that, you got to kind of wonder a little bit about him. You really, you really do. You, re- you, you would, you would think that somebody had said, here's a list of things that you never do. And, um, uh, Trafficking in underage sex slaves it should be like maybe you know on the top of the list. It should be on the on, on the top five. You would think that somebody had said, "Don't do that. That's 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 not cool." Uh, and right. and just because you are of somebody of privilege doesn't mean that you get to do stuff like that. You don't get to. You you don't get you there's there's here's the short list of things that you should never do. Like, as your royalty, you should never, ever drink milk right out of the carton or the bottle in the middle of the night. Um, ha- always have a prepared statement for every occasion. Um, put the seat down on the toilet when you're done. Um, don't pick your nose in public. And, and don't traffic in underage sex slaves. You would think that those would be. Well, the things. I would go so f- I would go so far as to separate those two. Don't traffic in slavery and don't traffic in sex in the sex trade. Okay, all right. 
I, both I would, of those uh, just seem like really dehumanizing, evil, psychopathic yeah. kind of things to do. Yeah, because the thing is, is that England has not trafficked in slavery in uh, more than a couple of decades or centuries. I'm not, I'm not sure which. Um, it depends on who you ask. Um, but just to stay on the topic for, for Prince Andrew for a second, um, why, why is it that, like, and, and we've said this repeatedly, this has been the biggest news story of the, of the decade. And there are a lot of people who have done a lot of amazing work. And a lot of people have, you know, a lot uh, editors and publishers are, have been saying, no, no, you can't do that. You can't publish that about the royal family. Even if it's true or not, no, no, you can't do that. That's not appropriate. We, we're not going to sink to that level. Right, and a lot of people had given people like um, people like Jeffrey Epstein and people who are in politics are, are giving them a pass. This is like a sensational story. There have been people who have been sitting on the story about Jeffrey Epstein supplying underage, um, yeah, you can't call them prostitutes, underage sex slaves, sex slaves. Yeah. Period to the upper echelon, the upper elite. And, and and why is it, this is the thing that kind of kills me, right? Yeah. If someone had been found trading in slavery, just slavery, wouldn't that alone merit international headlines? Well, it depends on who it is who's doing the... Well, yeah, but that, that's kind of my point, though, is that it, it wouldn't... It slavery in general is viewed pretty much universally as an evil thing right for some reason sex slavery when you put that sex in front of it sex slavery is viewed as somehow less evil that is un- and I yeah don't understand it yeah this you know yeah it, it, whenever anyone's talking about epstein trading in slaves they always make sure they say sex slave right they have to delineate the difference so, well it's it's only sex slavery so it's, right. it's not like rape rape yeah you know what i mean which is just disgusting right to me you know whether they're children or adults is really kind of well not irrelevant but it is doesn't make it any less evil it's when they're you know when you're talking about someone who has no freedom that's slavery when you're talking about someone who has because you want to use them whenever you want to satisfy your own right. carnal cravings. Yeah. That's, to me anyway, worse than just slavery. And slavery's pretty fucking evil already as it is. It, so it just it boggles my mind that for some reason it seems like if you say that they're sex slaves, then... The image is that oh well they get you know they get three meals a day they're well taken care of it's still slavery right if you're kept on a golden chain you still have a chain around your neck exactly I don't I don't understand that it's it's great well the thing is one of the one of the things and, I, and I'm three interviews into this this series of episodes for the Fedora Chronicles and all mm-hmm. the people that I had asked. And, and one of the questions that I ask every other true crime writer or true crime podcaster, what is the appeal of writing a true crime book or doing a true crime podcast? And it's not because people are ghoulish. 
It's not because people like the gory details. It's because they want to participate in bringing justice to the perpetrators and making right, sure. Want to feel like, right. Yeah. <clears throat> Go ahead. And and hold on a second. I love that mute button. I can cough all I want and make all these filthy noises and nobody can hear a thing. Here, hold on a second. I'm going to do something else. Did you hear that? Nope. Because no, I didn't. No, you didn't because I had the mute button I think on. the most important part is I didn't smell it either. So we're good. <laughs> Carry on. One of, one of the reasons why podcasts like this and so many other great podcasts, true crime podcasts out there that are so popular is because we are picking up the slack that real journalists or professional well-paid journalists within the mainstream media have dropped the ball on and that there are there are there are incredibly talented people and and if if you if you go to if you go to my, our 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 twitter handle um twitter.com/fedorachronicle um and you just click followers or following. I great podcasters, great true crime podcasters are following me, and I'm following them. And these people are doing amazing work, doing the doing the kind of stories that quote real journalists used to do. Yeah. And I and and, and I'm telling you. And I'm keeping my fingers crossed. This is this is going to be the next big thing of the next decade, I hope. Where these, I mean, within reason, amateur sleuths are going to be used by um, law enforcement investigations to get the word out, saying we're looking for so-and-so to, that, that did such-and-such. And who had done. Now, I wonder how much of that already, already takes place. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in future episodes, Jay. Okay. We're going to, we're definitely, because I mean, and there are some things that I would love to be able to share right now, but I've, I've not been given permission to do so. There, uh-huh. there are some, there are some things brewing behind the scenes that are simply amazing and people ought to be really excited about it, even though I'm purposely being vague. Um, <laughs> but I mean, one of the things that a lot of people are covering and, and, and I'm telling you, I promise you, we're not going to spend much more time on this. Um, one of the things that people are actually starting to go after, like the police, publicly calling out the police and asking, well, how come you decided to drop this story? And and the UK Guardian has a news item or a news story, London Police Defends Decision to Drop Jeffrey Epstein Investigation. And I link to it in our show notes. It's a fascinating story, but it leaves the question, who told them to call off the hounds? If you read between the lines like I did, the insinuation is that somebody told them to call off the hounds, call off the investigation. Just drop it. Don't go any further. That's what I got out of the story. Your mileage may vary. No, I I agree with you on that. And that's, well, either that or they got paid. Right. To drop it. Yeah. And and, I don't know which one bothers me more. You know, I don't know which thought is more disturbing to me. The fact that Someone can end an investigation by patting the investigators' pockets or by just having friends high enough up where they can say, hey, 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 you need to stop this. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and a lot of people are calling the media to task, you know, saying you had this incredible story, except for this one. And there's except with the exception of this one investigator in Miami. And I'm going to Google this again. I'm not going to Yahoo it. Um, my Miami reporter, and it linked right up here. Uh, it's like as soon as I see this. Julie K. Brown. Julie K. Brown should be the name that everybody remembers. Okay. Julie, Ju, Julie K. Brown is, you know, she is the Woodward and Bernstein of our generation. Okay. Because honestly, when you said Julie K. Brown, the first thing that popped in my head was downtown Julie Brown. From no. The, the VJ from the old... Uh, MTV. MTV days. By the way, do you remember when MTV used to have music videos on their channel yeah. all the time? Remember that? Yeah, that was right around the same time that the History Channel used to have shows about history. Yeah, I know. And American Movie Classics used to actually have movies on it as well. Boy, things have changed in the past decade. <laughs> not to per- not not to perseverate on this, but there. I mean, there are. I mean. Um, Julie Julie K. Brown is going to be remembered, I believe, as the Woodward and Bernstein of our generation. She cracked a story that was too hot to handle, and um, and a lot and and people are starting to ask questions of their own mainstream media. How come you did not cover this better? So right, this is something that you and I have been discussing for decades now. God, are we that old? We are. Is, we are that old. Yeah. So. Um, is we have a 24-hour news cycle and have had one for decades. Yeah. Yet, we only seem to be able to cover no more than three, maybe four stories at the most. Yeah, because that's the attention span of the modern American. Is it? It, I've... Or is the attention span of the modern America for three or four stories because the media won't focus on anything else? No, they they think that that's all we can handle. Whoever they are, they think we could only handle three major stories at the same time. Okay, yeah, I can, I can understand that. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, that's just ugh. that's what they and, think. Yeah, and thank God for people like this. I mean, oh, yeah. kudos to Julie Brown for for sticking up and staying with this story. Right. Um, that's just we need more investigators like that, and. With the internet, with podcasting, with blogs, and all that other kind of thing, investigators like this can get their message out. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I think, a wonderful thing. Yeah. Well, I want to jump tracks or jump stories really quick, and I wanted to get your take on Kamala Harris and how this story had evolved. Um, Just as a little FYI, over this Mm -hmm. past weekend, I think it was a Thanksgiving Day weekend, there was an open letter to a former campaign staffer of Kamala Harris's campaign, and she quit to join another campaign, and she wrote this scathing uh, critique of what's going on in Kamala Harris's campaign. And it was major news for about a day or two. And how did that story evolve over the week? Because a lot of people were talking about, you know, how Kamala Harris is just, she's just out of touch. She's just, she's not, she's behind the times. I'm not even sure what, and and Kamala Harris kept bringing up the race card. 
kept saying that people cannot stand the idea of a strong woman of color running for president of the United States. Well, and this is the part that frustrates me yeah, about that. Because I was going to make a point, but go ahead. No, I'm sorry. You can you can go ahead. Everybody is ignoring the fact that the woman who took down Kamala Harris during one of the debates is also <laughs> a woman, a woman of, color of color who was running for president of the United States. And that's well, some- this is yeah. This this is the funny thing because when you say woman of color, yep. whenever someone says that, what they really mean is black, right? Tulsi Gabbard, for example, is Hawaiian. She's a form of Native American, yeah. according to the political definition, right? But she's not a quote-unquote woman of color, right? People who are Hispanic or Latino, they're not women of color. They are Latina. They are not women of color, right? Yeah. So it's a different code word. She, Even though there's just as much racism that happens with native american women for example yeah like the the absolute travesty that's happening in regards to all of the native american women that have been disappearing over the past year and a half now and no one's done fucking shit um even though there is that racism that still exists for for whatever reason it's not politically correct to consider them women of color well what the hell should we consider them because apparently the native american thing is not going to help them at all you know, and Latinas are treated differently too. So, is that okay to refer to them as women of color? You know, it's just so when she says women of color, she right. really means a black woman. What she really means? No, actually, what I what I think she really means is that non-white. Um, well, people. but she can't then because then Tulsi Gabbard is a woman of color, right? Then Latinas are a woman of color are women of color, right? So I think honestly, when she's saying that. She really means black women. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not afraid of a black woman unless she's mad at me. Then again, I'm afraid of white women who are mad at me. You're afraid of all women who are mad at you, especially if they have access to, um, you know, a frying pan in your own house, Jay. And that's... That's true. You know. That's true. You know. That's true. This is why I don't really use frying pans anymore. But, you know, the divorce was a fun thing. So, it... The the truth is that she dropped out because she didn't have an appeal to enough of an appeal to the electorate to justify them putting their money and votes behind her. That's why she had to drop out. She can use whatever excuse she wants, but the truth is, is that's why. Well, at least we can assume that Joe Biden is still doing still doing very well in the polls and. The, He's probably going to end up with the nod, and I have no fucking reason why. I I don't understand that at all. Yeah, we'll talk Other about Other than the- that, he is the Democrat Party's preferred candidate because he's the most moderate of all the people running. We will talk about Joe Biden in a second and why I think that Joe Biden needs to drop out of the race. The thing, yeah. the thing about Kamala Harris that I thought was really disturbing is that and, and this is and this is the only reason why I brought up the race thing as a you know, um, she, it's she's blaming everybody else but herself, and by saying that there there are no more women of color running in the office, I think that that is there's no there's no other women of color running for um, 
uh, for the office, for the, for the Oval Office, the presidency of the United States. Is, I think that's kind of a slam against Tulsi Gabbard, saying that Tulsi Gabbard is not one of them. And I, and I, thought, that, I, thought, I thought that was cruel and insulting. I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I wish I could well, find... At the very least, it's rude. It, 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 it is rude. And a lot of people are blaming Tulsi Gabbard for Kamala Harris dropping out of the race. Kamala Harris... Tulsi Gabbard did what politicians do. Politicians politic. Politicians, yeah. it's like if you're running for an office, okay, I mean, it's a race. And a race means that there has to be somebody who co- crosses the finish line first. And politicians are going to politics. Cows are going to moo. Cats are going to meow. Dogs are going to bark. Fish are going to swim. Podcasters are going to pod. That's yep. what they do. S- you know, snakes are going to slither. Birds are going to fly. That's, that, it, that's, and, Telsey Gabbard's job right now is twofold. Prove to the American people that she's ready to do the job on day one and take down the opposition. And the idea that, that Telsey Gabbard said something that was truthful about um, Kamala Harris's record as the, as the attorney general or the, or the district attorney, uh, and she put more people of color behind, um, behind bars, um, and 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 calling other people of character, you know, um, you know, um, ser- serial predators, and or or whatever she had said, and Tulsi Gabbard just basically reminded everybody of her record, and that was it. She's gone. She's out of the race. And yeah. and on top, well, well, that that was the that was the first half of the knockout punch, and I'm going to butcher Kelly uh, Mellenbacher's resignation letter. You look up Kelly Mellenbacher's resignation letter and it is scathing it's short but it's scathing it's scathing okay, okay, okay. You, hold on hold on you're gonna have to spell that last name okay there's no way for, <laughs> for those of you who are playing the fedora chronicles radio show home version of the game it's kelly k-e-l-l-y and if i start sounding like speak and smell smack me upside the head did i say speak and smell speak and spell m-e-h-l-e-m no, that's an N. Damn, I need my prescriptions up, up, updated. <laughs> B-A-C-H-E-R. There we go. Yeah. That helps. Okay. And, and the New York Times has, a, has, has the actual PDF of the letter. And basically saying that um, Kamala Harris's team has no plans to win. They have no vision. Right, and that's something that, why is it racist to say a given candidate who happens to be a, happens to be a minority doesn't have a real message? Why is it racist to say that? If they don't have a real message other than vote for me because I'm a minority, I, vote that's for- not a political message. That is not a reason to vote for somebody. Yeah, I want to vote for the most qualified person. Yeah, I don't care if that person has a particular skin color. I don't care if that person has a particular set of genitalia. Right. I want the person that I agree with the most, or I think yeah. is going to be at least the most honest, to be in the job. I disagree with ninety percent what Tulsi Gabbard says, and I swear to God, if she gets the Democrat nod, I will vote for her yeah. for president because she's at least honest. Yeah. You know, 
now she may say or do something between now and then to change my mind. But as of right at this moment, of all the people that I've seen running for president, including the current one right. that is sitting in the office, right. I would rather have her in the office. Yeah. Because at least she's not telling me one thing and doing something else. Exactly. You know, and it, I find it funny that in the conservative circles, Trump will say one thing and do another. And because what he does agrees with what they like, they're yeah. willing to forgive him for that. Sure. I'm not. No. I, that's not something I want to encourage in a political candidate. That's not what I want. You know, that's, that's not what I want. I, right. I, and here's the thing. What is going on right now, with the exception of the economy is kicking on, along nicely, unemployment is at a record low. Among all classes. Among, among all among classes. Minorities, among middle, low income, all of it. Right. Yeah. I'm fatigued. I'm worn out. I'm done. I don't want this. I do not want the controversy anymore. And it was yeah. like, is Donald Trump being fairly or unfairly prosecuted? Granted, I just I just want to see how the impeachment hearings play out. I ju- if if he did something wrong, I want the world to know. But it, and, and here's and put all the cards on the table, put all the facts on the bulletin board, and I and I, and I want to see the big picture for myself. I, and and if I, allow me allow me to make up my own decision about what all of this means. And let me tell my podcasters, well, this is what I think. But then I'm going to tell you guys, it's up to you guys to make your decision about what's going on. I want you guys to say. And what I what I think is coming out. And are we switching topics again? Um, we're <laughs> switching that. I'm at, switching we're, topics we're about, in the middle we're, of we're, we're bouncing all over the place. Um, no, I, I just... I, you know, a lot of people are complaining about about the um, uh, um, the, the the Trump the the inquisition of Donald Trump the um, uh, the hearings, and yeah. it was and people are saying, oh, um, politicians are wasting their time. Waste all the time you want. I want to know the facts, and and I and if if uh, this destroys Joe Biden through his son Hunter, so be it. If, if, if this brings down other politicians who have dirty fingers in, in the Ukraine cookie jar, have at it. If this takes down Mitt Romney because of his family, is involved in, in um, sweetheart deals with Ukraine, I don't care if it's the Obamas, if it's the Clintons, even if it's, right. I, I, I don't care who it is. If it turns out that Tulsi Gabbard's family was getting graph from um, it, the Ukraine. That's uh, all stuff we want to know. I want to know. Have at it. I want I want all the facts out there. Um, and it was and and I don't. And here's the thing. I don't want to say any more about you know the uh, um, the impe- impeachment inquisition until it's done. You know it's and I you know and I I, I, I loathe bringing it up. I, I genuinely loathe bringing it up because I know that that's going that's going to take us down another rabbit hole from another rabbit hole that started us uh, on, on the first rabbit hole, right? <laughs> but uh, whatever whatever happens happens. Um, but I I, th- I think it's amazing to watch between what's going on with uh, the impeachment hearings, 
that you that you can you, you can watch on daytime television. Did you notice that that's like the NBC network pulled all of their soaps um, uh, uh, in the middle of the day during during the afternoon? Dude, dude I, I I haven't watched network television since 1996. Okay, well, newsflash for you. Networks have actually pulled um, their daytime programming, or some networks have pulled their daytime programming to cover, um, to air the impeachment hearings. And apparently it's it's a, a, a huge blockbuster, not unlike the O.J. Simpson trial. Wow. So, and, and, I, and I think it's delightful that everybody is getting a civics lesson. Well, yeah, I mean, he... In some ways, it, this is more justifiable than the O.J. Simpson trial. O.J. was just a celebrity. This is the president of the United States. So in some ways, I get that. I really do. Um, and I got to be honest, I'm so fed up with the we've got to get this guy, regardless of what it does, mentality, that I don't really pay attention to it. And that's really... I should be paying attention to dude, you have a, is, you, Dude, you should be paying more attention because you are on a podcast that's literally called News of the Week. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it just, it's so, I mean, every time I look into it, I find out that they're dismissing, they're dismissing certain things because it, the wrong parenthetical letter is, is tied to that name that I just, I just get so fed up with it. You know, um, you know, they don't, during the course of the investigation, they, um, you know, they didn't want to dig into Hunter Biden. They didn't want to find out what's going on with anything else. And it's, right. it's just, it, at that point, you're no longer interested in the investigation. You're just interested in impeaching somebody that you don't like and that's no longer that's just by by part that's no longer bipartisan that's just purely partisan witch hunt right is all it is it's you're you're looking for an excuse at that point yeah why don't you just hire a fucking assassin and get him killed or do what ted kennedy did when reagan was president and talk to russia and see if they can kill him for you right you know i mean that's just so it it's that's the worst part of paying attention to politics is all of this crap is is seeing how they're willing to turn a blind eye to one thing and both parties do this i don't want oh, anyone yeah. thinking otherwise both parties do this as i mentioned earlier on the conservative side it's okay for trump to say one thing and do another because as long as what he's doing agrees with us we're good yeah no that's not acceptable to me i want a candidate who's going to do what he's going to say something that I agree with and then do their best to yeah. follow through on that. They're going to say and do. I want that to match because that speaks to honesty and character. And then it's about time we have people of character in our politics. I don't give a shit if that person of character happens to have darker colored skin than me or not. I don't care if that person of character happens to have different genitalia or not. I don't care about any of that. I care that they're a person of character. That's more important to me. And I think the more people, if we could get more people to care about that and less to care about any of the other markers or checkboxes, we would be better off because we would have choice 
choices between better candidates. And yeah. then you can start, okay, well, if we've got 17 people who are all people of character, now you can start looking at those other checkboxes if that's what you want to do. Exactly. You know, I just, it, it just, I get so frustrated. Dude, by it's it. hard. It's hard. It's it hard. And it's hard to take a lot of this seriously. It really is. Yeah. It's, it's difficult. This, I, and I know, I know this is not, look, picking a president is not easy. It's not easy when you have, I, how many people is it now now that Deval? I think, and I don't think Deval Patrick is running anymore. I think he was running for president. I think it's like he, 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 he's... Uh-oh. Oh, cue the music. I'm going to consult the Oracle of Google. Okay. All right. Current Democratic candidates. Let's we're down to 15 okay who is left in the 2020 race let's see we have well Jason this is on the cnn website ranking who's left in the 2020 race yeah i'm just looking for the list here we go joe biden pete Buttigieg, butter Elizabeth warren bernie sanders amy klobukar i didn't even Hope. know she was running i don't even know who the hell that is michael bloomberg andrew yang cory booker tom steyer and julian castro that's an unfortunate last name to be running for president. Right, exactly. With. You know, and he's, again, he's pulling the Kamala Harris things. According to CNN, Julian Castro, Castro is highlighting his status as the lone Latino in the race, hoping to make inroads with voters looking for yeah. their first candidate in the wake of Harris's decision to drop out. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he's going to probably drop out soon. Okay. Booker, I imagine, is not going to go. Um, is not going to go much longer. I don't think. Isn't he? Isn't he black, Cory Booker? I uh, yes. They have a picture, but he's kind of pale skinned in the picture. And right. The lighting's not great. So yeah. Yeah. There. I mean. Um, I mean, the thing is, is it people of color should stay in the race as long as possible, and. I and I don't want to sound politically correct, and I don't want to sound I don't want to sound pandering. I really I really don't. I don't want to see elderly white men being the only people who are on the ticket. Yeah, I I you know you know we we want to talk about diversity and how we celebrate diversity. Um, and we're we're going you know. And and we and we want all 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 kinds of people represented on the ballot, and and, and I'm afraid, I'm a I'm afraid that when the general election comes, you're going to have um, one elderly billionaire CEO running for the Democrat Party, and one elderly white millionaire or billionaire of the other CEO. Party, yeah. I, I I don't want it to be I don't want it to be um Bloomberg versus Trump next November in 11 no. months from now I don't want that I, I don't you know either. I don't want that because you because you know what that's going to do that's going to give that's going to give people like the people that I work with 
at my second job when I'm working at the factory and and I and I work with people who come from all kinds of backgrounds that's going to give them a reason to be bitter and cynical and actually if you have two billionaires running for president of the United States that's the end of democracy now we live in oligarchy we live in an oligarchy that's all run by te- technocrats and 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 I don't want somebody like um, Jack Dorsey and uh, Mark Zuckerberg accepting their money to um, uh, 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 for bogus ads on on their social media platforms. That would right, be a which nightmare. That in scenario. and of itself could be something we talk about just independently. Is the fact yeah. that that actually happens, yeah. and neither neither Mark Zuckerberg nor Google wants to admit it. That would be if it, if it is two rich white men who are the only ones who are on the ticket, that would be a nightmare for this country. Um, and, and, um, and I think that the notion that these guys also switched parties because they're, 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 they're pandering to uh, a specific base is, is um, that's, that's a legitimate criticism. So anyway, I think that we've I think that we've beaten the the, the dead horse of of the uh, the campaign to death. Do you want to talk, Jay? <laughs> listen, do you want to talk about some some paranormal news? Yeah, let's of course. Do it. He, of course, Jay does. When doesn't? Of course, I do. When doesn't Jay want to talk about paranormal news? I mean, one could argue that talking about politics is talking about paranormal news, but we're not going to go there. I mean, the thing is, is like if if you if you if you if you look at certain aspects of the running field, I mean, we are looking at the Walking Dead. Um, True. And by the way, just a quick interjection here: Who bites their wife's finger while she's giving a speech about you? On, on the campaign trail. Who the hell did that? Joe Biden. Ah, uh, creepy Uncle Joe. Why did I not guess? Creepy Uncle Joe, while his wife is saying, this is a great man, you should vote for him. He's a wonderful man. I've been married to him for, I don't know how many years. And and there's a picture <laughs> of him biting her finger while she's talking. Because <laughs> her, her hand got too close and, and he bit her. And I, I'm sorry. Biting somebody who's giving a speech about you, even if it's yeah. playful, you're done. Your political career is over. Okay, if a dog did that, we'd give him a rabies test, and we'd be talking to the veterinarian about maybe it's a good time to put the old dog down. Yeah, I, I yeah. creepy Joe. Anyway, let's go to paranormal. Paranormal news of the week. There's a lot of stuff out here. This is my favorite one. And by the this is reported by Vice.com. Take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> Scientists fed an ancient Earth organism space materials, and it started quote dancing. So, um, and a lot of people are saying, doesn't this sound like little little uh, shop of horrors? And again, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a little bit more from this article um, from Maddie. Bender, what a great name, Maddie Bender. Um, Maddie, if you're listening, you got cool parents. Uh, scientists fed an ancient Earth organism space metals. It started dancing. Extremophi- extremophiles are 
are models for early life on Earth, and we just discovered that one particular thrives on a material from off-world, meaning that they like to gobble up uh, meteors and 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 uh, and asteroids. Um, Scientists have, dis have discovered that a single-celled organism, a descendant of some of the earliest living creatures on Earth, is able to colonize a meteorite, growing and synthesizing nutrients. There are experiments published on Monday in the Journal of Scientific Reports gave us a way to look for the signatures of past life on other planets. This is where my heart started to beat out of my chest. This process is very enigmatic and exciting how the chemical energy of a stone fragment can be transformed into the biochemical bio energy of a living entity, um, said the scientist. I will not, I, um, I think that her last name, Tetiana Milovic, the, the first author of the study, to find an answer to understanding this process, I, th I think it's a great moment. So the idea that early organisms here on Earth were gobbling up little bits and pieces of of um, meteor fragments, and that might be um, where a lot of uh, that might be how life here on Earth got started. Maybe that's how life gets started in other parts of. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. If they're eating something, there that's life, because things that are not alive don't eat. Okay. So, but maybe bonding with those things created life but have you heard that someone I, i'm trying to remember who the hell it was um there was some scientist marine biologist somewhere said that they think that octopus and squids are the result of bacteria from an asteroid bonding with um the uh marine life and that's why we have octopus and squid because they're unlike any other life form on Earth. Who the hell said that? Consulting Google. I'm looking at this May 19th, 2018 story. Yep. Um, a controversial scientific study suggests that octopus came from. Oh, and of course you got. Of course we got the ubiquitous ad, Jay. Of course, this is why I use a site with an ad blocker. Oh, okay. A browser with an and ad I, blocker. I, I'm I'm lo I'm looking at this from quartz.com, qz.com. Yep. Um, a controversial study has a new spin on the otherworldliness of the octopus, uh, and um, octopus are strange, smart creatures. And certainly seem alien with their tentacles, camouflage, and shape-shifting skills. Still, the idea that they actually come from outer space would fall into a strict realm of sci-fi. An update of H.P. Lovecraft's Cthulhu, say. But these in these interesting times, real life reads like fiction. Recently, a group of 33 scientists worldwide, including a molecular immunologist, Edward Steele, an astrobiologist, Cassandra Porch Cassandra, Cassandra Wickramashing, uh, published a paper suggesting, in all seriousness, that octopus may be alien. And it was just—I like, love, I love—if you do a Google search for that, like I did, octopus from outer space, right? <laughs> and, because I'll be honest, I was kind of hoping for images of Cthulhu all over the place, yeah. but. 
the first return on it is a controversial scientific study that the, that Quartz article that you were just reading from. The second response is from Life Science, dated two days before that on May seventeenth of twenty eighteen. That says no octopuses don't come from outer space. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know jay i think it's funny jay you know i have to do this mm -hmm. octopus from space <laughs> octopus from space a strange weary traveler from the planet chathulu comes to earth to colonize our oceans tune in and watch next time for Octopus from space. Now, the interesting thing to me about octopi is that, or octopodes, I guess, is the, is the plural for that. Anyway, um, is that they really could be the most intelligent species in our ocean. Even more, sm more intelligent? Even smarter than, than dolphins. Really? Yeah, that's that's... I've seen some studies on that, and... They've, they use tools. They have ways of communicating. Now, squid are considered to be more intelligent than, than octopi. But they use tools. They have a means of communicating with each other. They apparently are able to transfer information from one to another. So these are all indicators of intelligence, right? And so they think there are there are people, at least I've, um, from what I've read anyway, that octopi and squids may very well be the most intelligent beings in the ocean. You know, it's funny because as, as while you're reading this, I just did a quick search and I actually went to um, mn.com and I looked up, uh, does an octopus make a good pet and apparently they they are apparently they are they are very fussy and they are you you have to work really hard to keep um to keep them as pets it's not something that you can't just put them in a tank and just let it let them be you have to do constant water changes and you know you know so yeah yep and apparently they are they are as long as 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 long as you can keep them healthy and keep them well fed and 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 occupied they they they're divas they need a lot of attention but you can <laughs> you can have a great i mean apparently there's I, and i'm just scrolling down this page that i looked up having a pet octopus apparently it's if you do it right they can be just as good or better than a dog so I'd like to have a giant pool by the ocean with a pump put, bringing in constant circulation of, of ocean and just go swimming with my octopus. But, you know, <laughs> that would be a blast. That's not the reason why people tune in for News of the Week, Jay. No, no, it isn't. People no, do isn't. not want to hear about my crazy fantasies if I ever became a billionaire. Um, well, I, I find it interesting, but that's why we hang out on your porch at all hours of the night. Except playing, playing your saxophone. <laughs> that's, that's that's incidental <laughs> that's all that's all part of the news story another news another news item that i thought was really interesting um ufologist bill myers 
UFO images are up for sale at Sotheby's. Right. So just so that we can fill everyone else in who's not perhaps familiar with it, this is the guy who was in, was it somewhere in Europe? It was like Sweden, was it? Yeah. And he claimed that he had been visited by aliens when he was younger and he had repeated visitations throughout his life. Yep. And he took photographs of the alien face right. spacecraft. And if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, he's actually the reason why we think of flying saucers, right? Because the craft that visited him that he took pictures of were actually saucer yeah. shaped. And I mean, also, wasn't some of his? Didn't he do an autobiography, an autobiography, or or something like that? And that was the source of a lot of the X Files shows. I'm telling content. you, I'm telling you right here and now. If you are a fan of the X-Files or um, if you have if you have seen an episode of the X-Files, you have seen at least one of his pictures. Billy yeah. Myers photograph or one of his photographs is um, the background image of Fox Mulder's poster. I want to believe which we have um, a link to on um, uh, the the. the Fedora Chronicles radio shows um, episode page. And um, I, I have a copy of it on my desktop. Um, but yeah, um, do, I'm just going to read this really quickly. Um, Edward Albert Meyer, commonly nicknamed Billy, is a founder of a UFO religion called Free... Oh my, I'm not even... Oh, geez, this is a long journey. I can't speak German. Allegedly... Con, allegedly contactee whose ufo photographs are claimed to show alien spacecraft um and apparently i mean it's it's up to you about whether or not you believe this guy right um and his name is synonymous with people like um bob lazar people who actually and 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 stephen m greer who say that they have seen um ufos on a regular basis or alien spacecraft whichever whatever way you want um and we also have a link to his um a documentary about him that that only got three out of five stars and you can watch it on prime if you want um and i'm on the fence about whether or not i believe um billy billy Myers' story uh i i really am on the fence and it, mm-hmm. it and, and it go hey and it goes just like this and it's it's ex, it's exactly like the what that Fox Mulder poster says. I want to believe. I want to believe. I want I want to believe that what he captured is um is true, is real. Um and I want to believe in like his space religion. Right. Um Whether or not it's true or not, I think that's something that everybody everybody has to take a moment, and um, you need to figure it out for yourself. Um, there is an aspect of of this. And I think I think that Leonard Nimoy's In Search of did you know did a segment uh, on on uh, on Billy's story. I think it's amazing yeah. that that the the original photographs are up for sale. Um. At Sotheby's, I mean, the thing is, is that these, I mean, these, they're, they, the original photographs, the faded photographs, um, 
and it's pronounced Sotheby's, by the way. Oh, oh, excuse me. Oh, well, <laughs> let oh let, let, let me let me skip to the pantry and see if I can find myself a cup of Earl Grey tea, shall we? Um, no, no, no. Please. <laughs> <laughs> and after we re- after we're finished recording this episode, I'll pop out. I'll, I'll pop the cork on the Terringers. Is that okay? Can we do that too? Um, <laughs> I know that you're making fun of my horrible pronunciation of common words, Jay. Yes, yes, um, I am. I think that these. I think that these are important artifacts. I think that the, yeah. these are these are important artifacts to talk about, and they are a part of American pop culture. Um, and it, and and it's it's fun to, to to debate about their authenticity. I mean, they're obviously pictures of something in flying through the air, flying through the sky. Are they hubcaps or are they actual alien spacecraft? I don't know. I want you to look at these pictures and I want you to tell me what you think they are. And be done with it. Yeah, I mean, now, is it it's possible that he's a hoaxer? Oh, absolutely. If he is, you got to give him some credit for just being so fucking dedicated. Yeah. Because, damn. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the only thing I've been as committed to over my lifetime is my use of the bathroom. So, I mean, you got to respect that. He, I mean, he really, he really doubled and tripled down on that, didn't it? Didn't he? He did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. I mean, it's it's impressive. Yeah. Um, one one of, or or, or I, I I'm not sure if these two stories are inter intertwined or in, intermingled right here. Um, we're to, we're also, we also linked to, um, an update on the 12,000 year old massive ancient tunnels from Scotland to Turkey. And, and it was just, now I want to, I want, I want to be clear on this, the artwork that goes with the knowledgetime.net story. Okay. That is a, that, that's, that's uh, a conceptual art that somebody attached to this article to make it clickbait. I think that the pictures associated with this article are, are far more interesting. Um, and it gets back to something that we've said over and over again. The more, the, the more that we progress and the more that we, we, we develop every square inch of, of the world, the more that we find these strange, unexplainable underground tunnels and strange pyramids that um, that rival the ones found in Egypt. I'm just going to read uh, a couple a couple of sentences or a paragraph or two from this um, uh, from uh, KnowledgeTime.net updates on the 12,000 year old massive ancient tunnels from Scotland to Turkey, and that's quite an undertaking. If it's real, keep in mind if it's real, a 12,000 year old underground tunnel network linking. Turkey to Scotland has been discovered by German archaeologist Henrich Kusch. Later on, Kusch wrote a book in relation to this discovery entitled The Secrets of the Underground to the Ancient World. I'd love to get this guy on our podcast. As a matter of fact, numerous tunnels like this have been discovered all over Europe. Most of them date as far as the Neolithic Age. According to experts, these tunnels were used as refuge areas. Most of these tunnels lead to vast 
and open underground galleries that have existed in, t- in some historical monuments such as churches, cemeteries, and even in the middle of forests. This is like one of those things, whereas could you imagine taking a vacation and going from Scotland to Turkey on all of these underground tunnels? One thing is certain, these tunnels built by an ancient civilization who featured a great scientific and technological knowledge. Um, and there's an actual video attached to it, and it was it's, it's mind-boggling. That is, if it's true. Yeah. And I'm looking up and look and I'm looking up right now to see if whether or not. Um, well, I know Snopes has something on it, but Snopes is. I yeah, I don't care. I Snopes will de- debunk anything if you pay him enough. Yeah. Um, and he also he also has um, Dr. Heinrich Kirsch has a um, um, a web page or a blog, a WordPress blog. Uh, it's called The Breakaway, and you can find it at thebreakaway.wordpress.com. And he has a plethora of pictures and images of, of these caves. Um, and it's... I'm looking to see if I can find his contact information so I can ha- you know invite him on the podcast. Well, you got to make sure he speaks English first. Well, you and your details... I'm kind of a stickler for that. Yeah, it comes you, from working with technology all the time. Yeah. So, and if you do a search of Heinrich Kirsch, you find a lot of articles about this. About this, and if, and that for me, I mean, I'm, I mean, the thing is, this is something that is like I'm definitely going to link to on the uh, on our uh, Facebook group, diehard indie fans only. Because I mean, it's. I mean, look. If you're if you're a fan of the Indiana Jones movies, you're also going to love this. But just looking at the pictures and just let your imagination run wild. Like who who made who made these underground tunnels? It's very true, very true. Now I'm looking at an article that's on something called News Intact. Yep. And I do have to point out that a link to another article on the same website has a picture of Lady Gaga crying, and it says, Lady Gaga, quote, I deeply regret selling my soul to the dark forces of the Illuminati organization. <laughs> That's a metaphor. So, now, I'm, I'm thinking this particular site may not be the most credible. Yes, that's why we actually say it's from it's from this website. Take it with a grain of salt. That's, yeah, that, exactly. Because exactly. we're not reporting this thing is true. We're reporting that this other site reported this. Exactly. You know. So and there's and there is quite a few other news items that we wanted to go through just kind of quickly, just sort of like um, just blaze through here. Um, archaeological breakthrough, how a, an 800-year-old Mayan secret code was, quote, finally unveiled. And that's from the, again, it's from the express.co.uk uh, website. It's, it's yeah. from the Express UK. So, I mean, again, take it with a grain of salt. It's an interesting read. It's a great article. And if you're into ancient Mayan civilization, and if they actually broke the code, I wonder, I, 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 I wonder what it actually says what does the what does the codec actually say as a matter of fact i think i have i think i have a um a translation 
Um, hold on a second here. I'm actually consulting my cell phone here. Uh, the translation is, honey, um, it's me. I'm running late. Could you just swing by the store before I get home? Please pick up milk, eggs, toilet paper, butter, beef, and something for the sacrifice next Tuesday. Love. <laughs> Uh, what have I told you about reading the last part online? I mean, dude, come on. No, that was a, that was a text from my wife. <laughs> I'm just telling you, you know, just you know. Uh, We're not supposed to talk about the Thursday night in, you know, sacrifice meeting. That's just not. Yeah, it's not cool. And by the way, um, how did you get the candle wax out of your ceremonial robes? Well, you freeze them. See. And you got to let them sit in the freezer for a while, and then you're, it's a lot easier to peel them off. You realize right now there's some guy driving somewhere who's going, I fucking knew it! I knew Erica Jesus would call this! I knew it! <laughs> Christine, Christine and... Christine and her husband are probably driving to wherever they're going right now, and they're kind of like looking at each other and it says, ah, oh, I wonder if Carol's going to bring this up at the next staff meeting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at some point in the back of their minds, they're going, are, are, they, are, they, are they joking? <laughs> it's, it's, it sounds like they're joking, but could that be a cover? <laughs> Eric and Jay use the podcast to, to spread secret messages to their fellow cultists. So, um, there's, a, I, you know, and I, there's two things I wanted. To, I wanted to end the the podcast talking about a, a, a couple of things real quick. I don't know if you have time. Sure. Okay. Uh, I got a few minutes. You got a few minutes. Um, so some of the one, two of the news items that we had pu had put up on the news of the week page and i'm trying to i'm i'm trying to get to it as fast as i can but because i because i'm 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 streaming audio back and forth to you and we live here in new hampshire um uh, where we're even lucky that we have the phillips screwdriver and air conditioning uh during the summer cuz we are i mean we are so far behind the, the the times here um we had published a couple of articles that were critical of walmart and one of the things that, and one of the items and that I was fascinated by some of the backlash to this is, first of all, Walmart facing backlash for offering employees discounts instead of holiday pay. And a lot, and I was actually shocked and surprised at the number of people who actually ran to Walmart's defense um, uh, in other um, on other group pages where this story was featured. And um, there was a time where it was, look, if you're going to work the holidays, it's just a given that you're going to get, like for working the holidays, you're going to get um, time and a half or double time pay and, and other perks instead of just getting a, a, a regular hourly wage that you usually get and... Um, uh, and, and a couple of discounts or some or, or some benefits and stuff like that. I'm I was surprised at how many. And it's like I know that we joke about a cult, and this is one of the reasons why I want to talk about this. Is is there a cult mentality with Walmart here in the United States? I, I, I don't I, think I would qualify it as a cult mentality. I think there is a 
there is a, a mentality where people get sick of hearing Walmart getting blasted for things. And so there's a knee jerk reaction. They'll defend them because Walmart really doesn't do anything different than target does, but target does not get the press that Walmart does. Right. So now that's the general thought process for people who do that. Right. Most of them have worked at Walmart and had a good experience. Most of them are people who are regular shoppers of Walmart, whatever, right? So I think it's more that they're sick and tired of hearing them getting blasted for something, you know, when they may or may not be guilty. And people will believe anything if you say they did this, Walmart did this, people will believe it. Right. Right. Um, I think it's more that. I think it's less of a, of a cult and more of a let's fucking take a step back and breathe and find right. out what's really going on here. Um, whether I, I, I do know my ex-wife worked at Walmart for a while. We had a friend that worked at Walmart, worked for Walmart directly. Um, he was kind of high up in, uh, in management there. I forget what they call it. He was like a regional manager. So he, he had, responsibility for like a dozen stores or whatever the hell it was. Right. And one of the things I talked to him about in conversation one time was why does Walmart get such a bad rap? And the truth is that Walmart gives a lot of authority and responsibility to the management. Now this was 10 years ago that I spoke with him about this, maybe a little more than that, maybe 12. Yeah. So things may have changed, but at the time Walmart was getting a bad rep rap for things and it almost universally fell down on the local manager of the store. Yeah. The local manager of the store was a piece of shit and he was running things really crappy. Walmart kind of enables that. Um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is really up to you because other stores are much better performing because of Walmart's lack of micromanagement. So that's part of it. But I don't know. I mean, once a company gets to a certain size, they're engaging in skeevy business practices. Right. Look at Google. Yeah. Google says their corporate mandate is do no evil, and yet they do some of the most evil shit in technology that I've ever seen. Right. So, you know, I'm actually I'm actively looking at ways of moving away from using Google products. Yeah. So like I mean it it yeah. Not this isn't a commercial because I mean I'm in the I'm slowly switching over everything over to um, uh, uh, the Brave browser. If you just like do a just search of Brave browser, um, and on that on that and I'll actually like on occasion I'll go I'll go back to Firefox and use that really because I've been using um, I've been using Opera lately. Yeah, that's another that's been, another good I've, one. Yeah, I've, I've been enjoying Opera. I tried a couple other ones for a while and got a little frustrated. I don't think I tried Brave, though. I mean, I'll start playing around with that. I've tried Vivaldi. I've tried Firefox, of course. Yeah. And uh, there's something called Waterfox now. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Or I, I, may, I may have, and it looked... Um... All right, so Brave is open source developed by Brave Software based on Chromium. So Brave is a version of Chrome. Yeah. Opera maybe too, I don't really know. 
So, but I mean, I, I think I think that what I wanted to come out and say and come down on is that the problems that people people complain about what's going on at Walmart, the the problems that people complain about with Walmart, it's not just Walmart. Yeah, it's the corporatist culture of companies in here in the United States and other parts of the Western world. It's not Walmart. Mm-hmm. I mean. Walmart does what it does because it can get away with it because it's a corporation that makes a profit. Walmart does what it does not because they're in ser- in service or in servitude to the citizens of, of of this country and other parts of the world. Walmart does what it does because it's a corporation. It it does what it does to make and I'm and here's the thing, I'm not making an excuse for them. Yeah. Okay. They they like I had said, like politics politicians politic podcasters pod corporations corporate in making with each other to make profits that's what they that's what they do and a very large part of 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 walmart is an easy target because it is it's ubiquitous it and it's and it's everywhere it's it's the big it's the biggest bully on the block and that's and that's why they get and if if target did the same thing and was the it was and a legitimate competitor of Walmart. People would be complaining about it as well. I'm not making an excuse for what they did or how they behave. They do what right. they they do what they do because they are a corporation. Right. Just like um uh look the the company that I'm working for. And I say it's part-time, but it's actually 42 hours a week. Um yeah. the thing is is that you know, they have come out and they had said, "Eric, would you like to work this day or that day?" Even after I worked my 42 hours, then there are times I'll, I will say yes. And there are other times I will say, oh, look, I can't. The only problem that I have with corporations like uh, like Walmart is when I hear stories and their stories. I'm, I don't have firsthand information about some of the things that they are alleged to do. Like apparently there have been some managers who have clocked out their employees and said, if you want to keep your job, you'll keep working in a couple of extra hours off the clock. That's illegal. And if Walmart as a corporation did that, they should be shut down. And if managers did that all on their own to save on labor costs, they should be fired and there should be an investigation. Somebody should look into this and see if the, the, the validity of these claims Right, you know, but there, but there used to be a time in my life where it was like because it was about Walmart. Well, then it must be true because I dislike Walmart so much. Right, like when you and I were first becoming friends, um, I found it very interesting that you were very conservative in many ways, but you also compost. You also are, were big on environmentalism yep. and very, very anti-corporation. Yeah, you know. Um, and that's honestly, I think most people have that blend of right wing, left wing right. within them to greater or lesser degrees. I don't mm-hmm. think anyone is purely right wing. I don't think anyone's purely left wing. Pe- you know? Yeah, I know I'm not. So, um, but I definitely remember you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember you getting pissed off about Walmart stuff. <laughs> And I remember because I would just kind of shrug my shoulders like, I don't know, because I wasn't paying attention to any of that shit at the time. I I do have a problem with the way that the Walmart Corporation moves into a small town and they purposely undercut the the local 
realtor um, retail shops and right. get them and get them to go out of business. Right. And well, here's the thing with that, right? Um, Walmart, because they've gotten such a bad rep over that for a while anyway, I don't know if they still yeah. do. They used to actually they would take like the local business owners, the mom and pop shops and say, listen, you know, we're coming into this area. A lot of shops go out of business. We don't necessarily want you to go out of business. Right. Our desire is not to put you out of business. This is how you can compete with us. Yeah. And they show them how they can compete with Walmart. Right. Now, because it's Walmart doing it, I'm sure part of that thing is going to isolate things for Walmart so, so that it doesn't affect Walmart's revenues adversely because right. that would be suicidal. So I'm I'm like 90% sure that's the case, but only because that makes sense to me. Um, like we know there was a Walmart Super Center when we lived in Massachusetts that was like maybe 10 miles away from where yeah. we lived. And we knew someone who owned a couple of people who owned local mom and shop businesses. And one of them was the one that told us about that. And he sold video games, which is a very low profit margin yep. product anyway. And he was like, yeah, he said, I was actually impressed with, with the fact that they even bothered doing that. You know, so... I don't think, you know, a lot of people will ascribe motivations to companies that I don't think the companies really have. Walmart doesn't go into an area thinking, we'll close all those mom and pop shops. <laughs> you know, there's none of, no well, mustache twirling going on. Well, there might, there might they be, go in there thinking, we can make a fuck ton of money. Yeah. And they don't really, I don't think anything else really drives them on that. Not saying that that's any less evil. I'm just saying that. They're, they're not trying to put people out of business. Right. They just don't really care if right. they do. It's, it's when large corporations, like we'll say Google right, or, and Facebook, and to a smaller extent Twitter. And, I'm, I, and look, I'm not going to be a hypocrite here and, say, and, and point the figure and say people who use their products are bad. I use their products. And oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, but I mean, I shamelessly use the social media to promote what we do here on the Fedora Chronicles. Oh yeah. And you kind of have to. And, I, and you yeah. have to, I mean, and you'd be an idiot not to. Mm -hmm. Okay. But one of the things that I, that I criticize these corporations and Andrew Yang, who I'm not a real huge supporter. Andrew Yang has said that every American should be making a thousand dollars a month from these big tech corporations because that's how much money they make a month on your data. They sell your data and they profit around maybe a thousand dollars a month on your data or more. You and that's, should be, that's per person and you should be making that money. Your data is worth that much money. And well, if, here's the problem with that though. If, they paid us that money, they would not exist. Oh, yeah. We're using their services for free. They have to make money because that shit's expensive to run. Facebook is incredibly expensive to run. Sure it is. Google is incredibly expensive to run. So if they're not charging us for it, people are like, well, they charge people for ads. They can't charge enough money for those ads in order to pay for what they're doing. Right. They have to. They have multiple revenue streams. That's just the way that works. And you would think someone 
who is credited as being an entrepreneur would really understand that, but apparently not. Well, yeah, but at the same time, I say that if they're if they're making that much money off of our data, you know, I I, I want a cut of that. I if they're making a profit, and that's just I mean, look, that's just a natural way of looking at it. If that's what they, if that's what they're making off of my data, then I I I I, I want my share. And you're getting your share. This is this is the right. other thing too, because you're getting your share. If every time you go to Google.com and you do a search and they have not charged you for that, yeah. you're getting your share of that data, of of their profits from that data. But I want more. That. <laughs> well, that's exactly it. That's really what it boils down to, right? I want more of so, my share. I want. I want. I want. I want to see it in dollars, Jay. <laughs> yeah, I I get it, but at the same time. If you're not putting in the risk, that company's putting in a lot of risk. They're developing new technologies and all that other kind of stuff. Now, I don't necessarily like Google. Right. Right. Google, Twitter, Facebook, they've all got enough lawmakers in their pockets that there will never be another Google or Facebook or Twitter. They won't They're, they won't allow They are it. running they they have created they have helped write regulations and laws that will prevent another person from unseating them from where they are. Yeah. Google has a virtual monopoly in search engines and they're perfectly fine with there being 35 other search engines out there who collectively share three to 5% of the market, depending yep. on what you're looking at because they control the other 95 to 97% of, of the market. Yeah. The vast majority of people worldwide are Googling and using Google yep. for their search engine, not DuckDuckGo, not any other search engine out there. Right. The vast majority are. That's where they're getting all of that data that they can sell. The fact that you can do that and get results is when you get that, which is why when you put in a search and you can't find what you're looking for on Google, that's what I get pissed off at. Right. If you're going to use my search data and data that you've accumulated about me and sell it and make money, then damn it, you better give me what I'm fucking looking for when I look for exactly. it. Exactly. Don't you modulate my searches. Don't you change your algorithms up so that, you know, given pol political candidates, only going to, all of the negative shit's going to appear before all of the positive shit. Right. I don't want that to happen. You know, if that's how you're making money off of me, that's what I want in return from you. That's exact. Yeah. Um, and where they, where I think that they really get into trouble, is when they are caught um, censoring search results. And I know that we've beaten this to death. When they, when you yeah. could not find one of my articles, one of the one, one of the most popular articles that I had ever written, the most down, one of the most downloaded episodes of yep. the Fedora Chronicles, you could not find via Google search. That's when they have crossed the line. When they start censoring search results, when they started censoring or th or throttling down search results for Tulsi Gabbard. Say whatever you want about Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard is a candidate for the presidency of the United States. And when when they saw that she was getting too popular in search engine search engine requests, they th they throttled down. Right. Her, the, and in doing so again, kind of beating a dead horse because we brought this up at the time in doing so they proved 
that they can change their algorithm however they want to produce the results they desire. On a whim. Yep. On a whim. And they can do it in real time. Yeah. They proved that. That's what yeah, we and that's, know and that, that. And that's dangerous. Exactly. And and the whole notion of somebody like Jack Dorsey deplatforming people from Twitter because that person has unpopular opinions. Yeah. And it was like, oh, you're giving the, you're giving racists a platform. Yeah. You know, it's a, unfortunately, you can't pick and choose when you get to be a, 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 a public utility in a private corporation at a whim. You're either one or the other. You can't be both. And you're one or the other when it suits you. That that bothers me. And that gets back to what it is that we started to say at the beginning of the show. We are starting to see a paradigm shift moving where people who understand they're, you're never going to be the biggest podcaster in blank unless blank has to be something ex- exceptionally sexual um exceptionally specialized yeah very um, niche a very neat yeah very niched um you're never unless you pick something really obscure you're never going to have the best podcast or website or instagram site dedicated i mean a perfect example james bond you're ne- there are ve- if you're going to start out right now, you are never going to have the best and the biggest James Bond podcast because there are other people like Joe Darlington who has a head start. I don't think that if I were to start tomorrow, I could ever have a James Bond podcast and website that could rival being James Bond. Right. That, that ship ha- that ship has sailed and Joe Darlington is one of the captains. Instead of just competing with Joe Darlington, I'm just going to enjoy what he does right? and encourage him. And if I can, send him a couple of dollars or something like that. Um, But one of the best parts of all of this is that people are starting, and and, and this is how I'm going to bookend this episode uh, before before I let you go. Podcasters, and and webmasters and bloggers are picking up the slack from the mainstream media. This the 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 slack that they've dropped, and people who are passionate about certain news items, like if 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 you're interested in what's going on in local politics, and you don't think that your local media is doing a good job. Well, you know what? Why don't you be a hero when you pick up a keyboard and you do what they you think they should be doing? Right. Instead of especially ha- locally. Oh, especially locally. Especially locally. If you think they're doing such a horrible job and you have spare time, you do it. If you think that somebody should be doing a better job covering local politics, well, you know what? You're somebody. There's literally nothing preventing people from doing that literally nothing everyone has an internet connection or a smartphone yeah you can literally write a blog from your smartphone including pictures write it edit it do everything you need to do from your smartphone yeah everyone in the united states has that ability there is a group on and this is not one of i just joined this group 
there and and I'm I'm giving them a, a shameless plug um, because I believe in the work that they do. There is a group called Behind the Podcast on Facebook. I just became a member of it, like I just said, and it is phenomenal the support that they give to people like us who are just starting out, and that you have to have the mindset you're not going to make a lot of money doing this. You may be doing this for 10 or 15 years and you may not be making a profit off of this. You may may just be breaking even. But if it's a passion project, you'll be rewarded in ways that you could not possibly imagine behind besides financial. And and just do it. You You don't like how the local newspaper is covering specific types of story? Guess what, hotshot? That's that's a niche market for you to pick up, uh, and uh, and, bas- and 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 basically, thanks to this cold or flu or whatever I'm coming down with, <laughs> I'm talked out. I'm done. I'm tapped out. So yeah. so um, I think it was you know uh, it was an interesting week or two for news ar- around Thanksgiving. I wanted to ask you about your Thanksgiving before we close the show. Yeah. Um. I dropped the kids off at my ex's, um, and originally I was going to—I was supposed to have Thanksgiving dinner with my ex and and the kids. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized I have the kids, and she doesn't get a lot of one-on-one time with them. Right. So I said, you know, you guys spend time with your mom, and she deserves that one-on-one time with them without me being there. And then there's a local place near us. Um, it's a Thai restaurant called Thai Jasmine, and they have phenomenal food. And every year they do a free Thanksgiving dinner for anyone who wants to come. And it's just a way of for them to give back to the community. And this year, for the first time, I said, you know what, I think I'm going to go do that. Yeah. And it was great food. They had, you know, they had all the fixings, turkey. I had turkey, corn, salad. You know, green bean casserole, mashed potatoes, cranberry sauce. And they had this, um, I don't want to call it a gravy because it was, it's more of a sauce. And it was a Thai sauce that they serve on their turkey. And oh my God, it was delicious. It was a garlic pepper thing that was just fucking phenomenal. And I now think I'm going to do that for Thanksgiving from now on. Because, but uh, yeah, no, it was it was a good day. I got to spend, I, I mean, I spent it alone, which kind of sounds sad, but I enjoyed it. I you, really did. I'm, I'm glad my kids had time with their mother to just kind of go and have fun with her. And uh, yeah, overall, it was a good holiday. How about you? You should have, what'd you do? You should have gotten your ass on an airplane and flown over here because we did. On the most traveled holiday of the year? Exactly, Jay. No. Yeah, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> So what'd you do? What'd you do? You know what? I did something that I hardly ever do. You had fish? I shut off my laptop. Oh, that's awesome. I shut off my laptop and I I, I, I made a couple of posts, Happy Thanksgiving via my cell phone. Mm-hmm. And I turned that off and um, we had some music downloaded and we played it. And I spent most of the entire day just hanging out with my beautiful wife, Carol, in the kitchen Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I mean, once again, she made like the most picturesque Turkey you could possibly imagine. And, I did see the pictures. Yeah. And, uh, just listen to, uh, 
I, I really sort of think that Thanksgiving is the, it's now the official start of, of the, uh, I don't want to say the Christmas season. I don't want I don't want to say that, but the winter holiday season. I, yeah. I, I, I really do. And what, and this is the, the first full weekend that we have without me being at my other job. And we, and, because the Thanksgiving weekend, she was traveling and I was working, and, and we're just going to, you know, I'm just going to clean the house and edit podcasts. I'm going to try and get a, a couple up this weekend, and it was just, and it was, it was, it was nice to just disconnect. Yeah. And if I had an idea, I just wrote it down on a piece of paper, and uh, and it was just, it was, it was nice. <laughs> it was you just. Know- and, and I think we all need to do that. Like for me, when I do that, I, I take a road trip. I go yeah. somewhere and I drive. Go figure out. I was raised by a truck driver. Um, yeah. You know, like when I went to visit you, we drove out from Utah to, yeah. to New Hampshire. And it's funny because every time I tell people at work that I did that, they all go like, don't, don't, they, we, do, don't we do drug tests? <laughs> um, but I, I enjoy yeah. the drive. I enjoy yeah. spending that time. Like me and the kids were able to talk and. You know, we weren't all on our phones or on the internet or anything like that. And we were able to just talk and we did carpool karaoke and, you know, listen to some audio books and just had a good time, Yeah. you know? So, no, yeah. I get that. I get that. That's the way I unplug is in the car. But right. I think everyone needs to at least, like, I would say at least once a year need to unplug for at least 24 hours and recharge the batteries. Yeah. You know, um, so to speak. Yeah. Um, some people need to do it, I think, more often than others. Some people need to unplug for longer time periods than others, but it all depends on the individual. I yeah, I I got to the point where I have I have to disconnect everything because I get when I get sick of it, then I'm not effective anymore. I, I I'm not mm-hmm. do, I'm not doing a good job at whatever it is that I'm trying to do because it's just it's just been on too long. Uh-huh. You know the computer. I've been sitting at the screen for too long, and it was and the um, God, what's the word I'm looking for? The, you know, my effectiveness just falls through the floor. Um, yeah, it. You know, with the the kind of work that I want to do, I kind of like I. For me to be fully connected to to doing it, I have to disconnect for a while and re rediscover myself and remind myself why I'm doing this. You know, why, why do I, why do I have a podcast? Well, because it's like, I, I mean, I, I enjoy doing it for the listeners yeah. and it was, and, and doing it for, you know, it, disconnecting from the internet and, and, and turning off the, the, the laptop for about 24 hours, you know, really sort of reminded me of what's the meaning of life. You know, yeah. why am I doing this? And, and my kids are not going to be this age forever, you know? And it's like, there's, and I mean, was, thank God. And, I mean, <laughs> no, they're, <laughs> they're not going to be this age forever. And, yeah. and just enjoying the fact, I mean, enjoying the fact that they are people yeah. and that they are. And it's funny to say, Oh yeah. I mean, no kidding. They're people, but they are individuals. And I like getting to know those individuals. Yeah. And, and I think people forget that, you know, when you say things like that, getting to know the people that my kids have become. Yeah. A lot of people forget that that's a two-way street. They're also learning who you are as yeah. a person, not as the mythological figure known as dad. Yeah. You know, when, when we're younger, all of us look at our parents 
as almost otherworldly beings. Right. You know, but then as we get older and we get to know them as people, sometimes you end up not liking your parents. You know, I've been I've been lucky and blessed that I yeah. actually really enjoy spending time with my parents. Yep. As individuals, as people, you know, if if I knew them and was not related to them, I would enjoy spending time with them. Yeah. Not everyone has that sort of relationship with their parents. Right. So I I, I treasure that, you know. Um and I think, you know, we as we get older and we get to know our kids, that's something like I would spend time with my kids if I, they were not my kids. I would enjoy spending time yeah, with them. Yeah. And I, I think that means I did something right. Right. Um I fucked if I know what I did. Exactly. <laughs> you know, but they're they're good people and I enjoy speaking with them with all four of my kids. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's something rewarding about spending time with your children like that and right. seeing them as the individual people that they are, that you are now unleashing upon the world. Right. May God have mercy on their souls. I mean, <laughs> um, the world or your children. I mean, it could go both ways, I, I guess. What, whatever, whatever fits, whatever, whatever <laughs> makes it work. I, I do think that there's a lot of things that are going on in the world and and we have sort of lost touch with the fact that look we're parents we're and we're human beings and that there are things that you, you have to keep an eye on and you actually yeah. have to engage with your kids and uh, you know and and I'm, and I'm trying to encourage my sons to do more you know be more independent and learn how to do things that they actually would like to learn how to do and um and and just and, and and just be a dad and not try and and just be a human being to them, you know, yeah, you know, and be their dad, not this mythological um, Zeus-like character who's watching and judging them and punishing them from up on high Mount Olympus. Yeah, you sort of like have to be like. I mean, there are. I mean, it's it's funny how it's like there are times like just sitting down with my sons. And just and just talking and just and just talking to them about like what's going on and finding out that they have the kind of they kind of have the the the, the thoughts and concerns and the misadventures that would make for a really great coming of age movie in the nineteen eighties. Um, yeah. And it was like what you know like this, I mean this is my kid this is my this is my kid this this funny teenager with a sense of style and witticism and, and, and view out on like that is in part something that I, you know, that, that I bestowed upon him, but also at the same time he developed well on his own that I had nothing to do with. Right. And, um, like my son, my oldest son is like, he's reading Lord of the flies and it's amazing to hear what he got out of it. What's he's getting out of it as opposed to, which is in part different than what I got out of it. Right. That's like that's like amazing. My son right. is reading it, a book that I read when I was his age. I had a an experience with my son uh, about a month and a half ago where um, I had shingles on my right eye, and I still occasionally get what's known as postherpetic neuralgia, where I get pain, intense pain on my eye. Um, there are times when it gets so bad I pass out. And my kids are all aware of it. And we had a, some friends over. We were going to play some board games. And uh, we were going to play role-playing games, actually. And um, it hit me. 
Yeah. And normally I can feel it coming on and I just excuse myself. I go in the other room. Yep. And I didn't make it. It hit really hard, really fast. And it didn't get so bad that I passed out. I was just in really, really intense pain. My son picked me up, brought me into my room wow. and sat with me and helped me through all of that. And it's something I, I'm really, really, really grateful for, you know, but that's the kind of person that I raised and fills me with a lot of pride, you know? Um, and if he can handle doing that sort of thing, then, you know, he's got a lot of potential with what he could do with his life. Right. And that makes me very happy and, and proud. Um, but it's funny how, as parents, sometimes we take our children for granted. And that's something I've never wanted to do. I've yeah. always wanted to appreciate my children for who they are and not what I expected them to be. Yeah. Um, I think it's a difficult thing to do. You know, um, it's like, you know, as you realize your parents are getting older, like you recently had to deal with the fact that your father died. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to that. I'm really not. Yeah. I, and it's not going to be easy, but it's something, it's a part of life and we all go through it. You know, um, my daughter had, I don't know, but recently she's lot i'm not allowed to die and i don't know if she's had a nightmare or something right i keep you know i just smile i'm like oh it's gonna happen yeah you know i'm I'm not immortal she's like yes you are you're not allowed to not be immortal right (laughs) and that's tough that's it is that's tough and and i i understand it's coming from a place of love and i appreciate that and i know she knows i'm gonna die and i know she's in some ways preparing herself for that but it's also very endearing to hear her say yeah. that, you know, and it's funny cause it's become a joke. She and, uh, my, one of my other daughters actually both have said that, yeah, you're not allowed to die. Yeah. You know, and they, they say it kind of matter of factly, like we have made this decision and this is how life is going to be now. Yeah. But they both know that's not the case. So yep. it is fascinating to see our children, and the people they are becoming. Yeah. You know, my oldest daughter's getting married next year and she's steadfastly refusing any financial assistance that wow. I try and offer. Yeah. So, you know, jokes on her. She's going to get a bunch of money for me for, for Christmas. That's yeah. going to be in like, you know, <laughs> those visa gift cards. Well, well, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, Cause that's and what, if she happens yeah. to spend it on the wedding, she happens to spend it on the wedding. That's what, she wants to spend it on video games yeah, or, yeah. you know, stuff for her falconry, whatever. She's whatever, getting, you know. whatever, you know. And it was like, that's just amazing. Whereas other parents would be like, oh, okay, you know, put their wallet back in their pocket. and You know. Right. You know, and, and I, I get that. I get it. I, I get that. I understand it from both sides. I get, yeah. understand it from her side. I understand it from the parents like, hey, I don't have to spend that money. You know, um, but it's it's just rewarding to see your children growing up, especially it's like, you know, raising children is like shooting an arrow, right? Put the arrow in the bow, you draw it back, you breathe, you put it on target and then you have to let go. Right. And once you let go, there's going to be things that happen along the way as that arrow goes to the target. 
there'll be wind, there may be obstacles, there'll be all sorts of things that happen that you have no control over and no way of predicting. Yeah. And when, as you see it in flight, you're like, ooh, that's going good. I appreciate that. And it's, you know, it's kind of rewarding. And apparently, holy shit, I got to get going. <laughs> great. Uh, Jay, it was great catching up to you. Yeah, it was nice, man. I'm glad you had a good holiday. I really am. Exactly. Same here. And by the way, next time we talk, we need to talk about The Mandalorian. Oh, fuck yeah, we do. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye, Have a buddy. good one. Bye, buddy. You survived another podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Find out more about us by visiting our homepage, thefedorachronicles.com. You can support the show by visiting our Zazzle page. Exactly 12.5% of every purchase goes to keeping this and other shows on the Fedora Chronicles Network on the air. That's zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Or you can become a Patreon. Click the link. And for a mere dollar a month, you will get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're working on, and so much more. Thanks for all your support in advance, and thank you to our listeners who have already contributed. Don't forget to search for The Fedora Chronicles on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we will be keeping you posted on what's happening. Be sure to join the Fedora Chronicles radio show Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Fedora Chronicles news. On behalf of Jason and myself, this is Eric Render King Fisk signing off. Keep your chins up and your fedoras on.